No. Every time I skated, I would like throw my arms up here. talking about some really dark political philippine shit but man you're not our you're not the token filipino on the show so you guys, are you guys <laughs> <laughs> there's there's three of us which one's the token <laughs> filipino <laughs> well it definitely ain't me i'm the mestizo so <laughs> no we, we, we all a third of the same token you know that kind of like the um What's that? That Under Armour run where they get medals and shit? Mm. And you get a third of a medal? No, I, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about at all. Like the Iron Man or whatever? No, no, no. We're like the Legend of the Hidden Temple where like they take your they take half of your token or your medallion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. us. I got, I got an idea. Let's all do right. it. So, first of all, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome hey, back. Hey, we back. You are listening to the Art Pros Podcast. You can find us at www.artprospodcast.com or at Paid Artists on Instagram. We are also on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash artprospodcast. What else do you need to know? Um, OnlyFans, bro. Hmm? Oh, we do we need, need an OnlyFans. What's that? Oh, Ooh. shit. All right, hold, on, hold on. First of all, see... Today is a very special day because we're a thirst traps, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to ask you about that a little later. But I d- no, please don't. <laughs> this this trifecta of Filipino power we have in this room, and this um, coming together and enjoying some alcoholic ve- beverages is a very common thing in the Philippines to do. We're very happy to have our guests, um, and this is what people do after work. Facts. Yeah. So, welcome back, everybody. This is Jay, a.k.a. Master Steez, a.k.a. Steez Maniz. Steezus Christ, man. <laughs> okay. No, Sorry. Tripping, right. tripping. It's all good. It's all good. It's all Ready good. to go. Hey, Steezus, can you explain to my boy Renz here what an OnlyFans account is? Oh, boy. OnlyFans, man. Yeah, when you, when you, when you see a thirst trap, right, and then you, she gives you her IG... And her link in bio is an OnlyFans. It's basically pay for paying paying a girl to maybe show nudes, but it's subscription based. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I have a private Tumblr, but you can pay thirteen ninety nine a month for all my private, all the stuff I choose to post on there. So an OnlyFans is like a Patreon for uh, naked girls. Yeah, digital sex work. <laughs> basically tell me more about how i can get in like (laughs) make my account you 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 sign up (laughs) can we post our um video content oh by the way (laughs) this first first episode (laughs) that we're actually we're gonna post this on youtube so everybody can see we we've upgraded our tech we promise this here it is. We're rolling it out, and we're gonna post it on OnlyFans. We're gonna post it on Pornhub. <laughs> Wait, you're you're posting this because I definitely did an ironic Hitler salute like five minutes ago. That's fine. Okay, you can clip that. Wait, did no, you, no, su- no, no, you clip, it out, clip it out? Clip it out. Clip it out. Clip it out. I was just you did it ironically, right? I don't know. He was smelling his killy killies. <laughs> I don't know. You said Filipino power, and I just felt it. I needed no. to throw my throw that hand up. 
I mean, yeah, he was smelling. He was smelling his killy killies. That's all it is, bro. All right, man. So like, everyone's an expert in something. What are you an mm. expert in? Damn, that's a good question, dude. Are you like high key? Really? Yeah. I mean, I've always been told I've had a good memory. Yo, tell me some history right now, bro. <laughs> I'm on my friend. I can tell you about my, my friends, like yeah, the groups me... and shit. No, it's like <laughs> I got the stories to tell. You know, I, I talk about my friends always look up to me to remember shit that happens in a night. Okay. You know, if it's not for my camera, it's for like just mental recollection of shit that happened. Um, I know, yeah, me and Ren's got some stories from back in the day. Like, <laughs> like when we had a little secret hangout behind his aunt's house, like with like chairs and everything. Yeah. And then they pulled up one day and like, you, all you see is like horse tracks. <laughs> <laughs> the, horse, the horse trampled all that. And I was like, oh, rest in peace, our spot. Yeah. Damn a horse! Wait, you're saying a horse trampled your like little? Uh, we used to call it the castle in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. uh, I'm gonna paint the picture okay. for everybody. My aunt lived in this community in San Diego, little north, and it was a new community. So there was a lot of land around, and her backyard you could walk a little ways down, a couple minutes, a minute or two through this canyony area. And there was this kind of landing, this open area, where my buddy and I just brought some chairs over, hung out, like, you know, made it comfortable, as comfortable as outdoors can be. And it was chill for a long time. One day, we went there after it rained, and there were legit, like, horse tracks all over. Our chairs were fucked up and toppled. And there were even gigantic animal paw tracks, some sort of, like, predator, like, we thought it was a mountain lion. It was huge. It was like this yeah. big. Like the it's size like of an orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. We were like, oh. You guys got bears out there? In the woods. Damn. Yeah. That's not, where they are not, here, not, too. Not locally. In Hillcrest. Oh. Bears? I, um. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, I'm guessing that's some inside baseball, some offensive shit, no, brother. I wouldn't say offensive. It's yeah. just uh, they're just categories. Nah, there was a bear meetup on uh, like Charles Street that like I ran one. into like last year, <laughs> and it was really, it was really intense because I'd never seen so many beards and so much chest hair, and it was, I was honestly impressed. I was like, damn, they have enough mm. beard alone here to create a real actual bear out of. And I can only assume that's what they were doing with it. I can only assume, though. Yeah, Jay, his memory is incredible. I don't think I've ever tried to ask him if he remembered this one thing. And he ever said no? I don't remember. Literally, yeah, it's all it's all recollection, and I take I took a lot of pride. I do. I still take a lot of pride in that because, you know, if like it's like, it's kind of like um, it's like when you save stuff to your hard drive. <laughs> I'm the hard drive. You know? Let me ask you something. I'm on the backup. What up? Do you remember what got you into photography? Yes. Do you want to go into this that? little forum called Nike Talk? How shout out to Nike Talk? It was like. You know, a community of sneakerheads just 
talking shit, you know. It was pretty funny because a lot of people were, like, from the hood. I met a lot of people from, like, you know, that's why I know about DMV. Yeah. You know, sort of DC, <laughs> DC, Maryland, Virginia. It was like, that's where, like, Wale was an active member on Nike Talk. Really? A lot of a lot of streetwear brands stemmed from that forum. Damn. Yeah, like, the hun- like the hundreds, undefeated. Uh, I want to say, like, Travis Scott lurked l- l- that forum, too. What about uh, Billionaire Boys Club? BBC is Pharrell. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think that was... Um, yeah, that was that was extremely high end when it first came out. Like, yeah, because it was a it was um, how would I say, it was in the same tier as Bape. Like, dude, you got four hundred dollar hoodies. I'm like, yeah, I get it, made in Japan, but four bills at the time that's like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm a broke high school kid. I'm not paying for that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let me ask you something. So my mom listens to the podcast, and right. you just use a, a word, sneakerhead. Oh boy! Do you want to explain what that means to you? Um, so your mom, your mom's Filipino. Yeah, my mom's Pinoy. Um, Very so maybe she knows white. what Imelda Marcos is. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, from my understanding, Imelda Marcos was the wife of a president in the Philippines. Ferdinand. Yeah, Ferdinand. Yeah, and she was like, she had a house where she just stored her shoes. Damn. So a lot of the elder generation, when they started, like you know, in Filipino kids, like. A lot of the friends, like once Filipinos started noticing, they're like, "Oh, why is my why is my kid buying so many shoes?" It was thrown around like, "Oh, you're like Imelda Marcos, blah blah." blah. <laughs> so yeah, if somebody a sneakerhead is just somebody who collects shoes. That's as simple as that. Yeah, Hell very yeah. very basic term. Yeah, it could be anything. Like okay, like it's very it's very vague. I don't. There's I, I've seen people gatekeep like, "Oh, you're not a real sneakerhead because you don't do this." I'm like, "Fuck that, dude!" Like I I have shoes. Why why do you care? You know, that's all that matters. What, what's the, uh, do you have a 10 commandments for being a sneakerhead? I think one through 10 is collect shoes. <laughs> <laughs> hold that's, on, hold that's on, hold it. on. That's it. Gucci slides. Does that count? Chanel, like, like slippers? Yeah. Uh, do you call them sneakers? No, I don't. Uh, I think they're just, they're just, they're just slippers, man. They're Damn. just, I, I mean, unless you have like. 50 pairs of the same thing, you know, I, you could be like a slipper head. Damn. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like in 10 years, it's going to be a racial term. <laughs> <laughs> slipper head. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't, I um, hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. For the sake of, yeah. So, um... <laughs> Have you made or lost money being a sneakerhead? Oh yeah, um, you know at the time it was uh, a lot of a lot of buying stuff. Like at the like I was looking, I was just um, scouring eBay for things that were misrepresented. Yeah, and it's like oh, this is a pair of like oh Nike high tops or like shit that's spelled wrong. Like oh, these are some Air Jordans with no like no model number or anything. Yeah. So because of that, like you could you could take advantage of misspellings and ebay wasn't like hard on that so like you'd get a pair of like some brand new dunks like some 99 like made in 99 stuff for like less than 100 bucks if they were misrepresented oh because people aren't like they don't know that yeah they yeah. don't know what it is they can't find it damn so I, I you know that definitely paid for a lot of like college books cool <laughs> at the time it's like oh shit like these are like these are some um for sneakerheads like there was some 1993 air force ones purple and white high tops there was no if there was no actual picture of the item it was just like a stock photo 
and it said brand new, no box, size nine. And the feedback of that seller was like 500 plus, all 100%. Buy it now is 50 bucks. Sold. Yeah. And I was like, got them. They were solid. I sold them for like three bills. Damn. Like the week after. Damn. I mean, that's this is like, again, this is like 2008, 2009. The game has changed now. It's, yeah. it's not the same. People are doing shit to get shoes. Too many bots. You know, it's, it's kind of like get right or get left. And I decided that that wasn't for me anymore. So I'm... A little bit out of that resale game. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Instagram, how Instagram transformed in that way yeah. and got the match, Matt, the market got oversaturated. The game has changed. Like yeah. in, 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 in the most simplest way possible, the game has changed. Yeah. I remember uh, Jay was extremely knowledgeable about the resale early in the game, mm-hmm. early 2000s when yeah. um, people were afraid to use the internet because it wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't cool uh, enough. Okay, okay. It wasn't. Yeah. Not like today. Yeah, the reselling shit is like, I feel like it just started getting popular mainstream like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Because the business model, um, I, I respect the hell out of it, you know. Uh, a lot of stores, I'm going to shout out, like Riff, Riff, Riff LA, Riff SF, they've been doing this for years. Like, they get exclusive shit. Yeah. A lot of the new stores popping up, they're not getting exclusive shit. They're just getting a lot of new shit. Yeah. So... You know, the one of the um, goal, like the things of like being like looking, liking shoes and stuff was the thrill of the hunt. Like you would have to drive far. I'd have to drive out of San Francisco. I'd have to like, you know, you'd have to get stuff overseas, not online anymore. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, shit, like this is exclusive to overseas. Now that the Internet is doing everything for you, I was like, oh, click, click, click. Oh, I got a Yahoo auction in Japan. Oh, you got, you got proxies buying you shit from somewhere else. Yeah, that is it made everything it a lot you. easier. So it's like, oh, um. If you can afford it, then you can have it versus like, I need to go look for it, you know? Damn. It's kind of a, uh, yeah, everything, a lot of things have changed. Damn, that's made it dark, man. Mm-hmm. Not enough ways to flip the system. Yeah. And you think about it too. It's like, okay, I'm going to start a business flipping kicks. Let's lay, you, you pitch that to a, a loan or like a, a bank, like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I want this loan, you know, $100,000. What I'm going to do, my, my business model is to buy a lot of stuff at retail and then sell it for a five hundred like five hundred percent markup, right? And then like the means of getting it by retail is like you backdoor it from like certain stores. Yeah, like, you just know somebody who will like kick it to you on the side, you know. Yeah. So, do you? What company do you think got savvy to that resale thing? Do you think it would have been like around the time when Supreme was getting up? Because they they, I feel like they figured it out to resell. No, they figured out that by making their releases highly limited. They could take advantage of that market through by free marketing. Through free marketing, I mean, hmm. is that like is that like around the time when it started to pick up? Do you think and, and and actual brands started to recognize that culture to their advantage? Hmm. That's the thing. Like you know, yeah, Supreme. Their prices are okay. You know, like to the to the random person. But now it's like, oh, in order to get that stuff, you have people. Like coding bots to just like automatic add to cart purchase type stuff. So like, it's not. It's like they, I think they um up their servers to prevent like DDoS like crashing the system. Yeah. But you know you have so many things coming in. Like things are selling out in like ten seconds or less, giving the average person no chance of getting stuff because they know that okay this is a hot item. I can flip it for three four times the price on the resale market. Yeah. And um. 
Yeah, a lot of brands like you know the limited supply definitely changes changes everything. If they know it's hot, and even everybody knows what's hot right now. You know, you see Complex highlighting certain things. Complex is highlighting like the the sneaker shopping sprees of what celebrities buying stuff. You know, that wasn't like that ten years ago. Yeah, it was just like what was cool, what was cool. That was it. Now everybody has a collaboration. It's like, oh, that's cool because Virgil Abloh touched it. Oh, that's cool <laughs> yeah, because Supreme. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's actually pretty fucking insane. Dude, I remember when Supreme did the uh, the MTA collab. With the with the metro cars, people were fucking just like (laughs) buying so many because they could sell them for like you know what is it a dollar fifty for that? Yeah, thirty bucks. Yeah, dude, you serious? Like, of course people are gonna line up for that. Oh yeah, that I mean that's crazy. I definitely would imagine that Supreme probably uh, relied on that for marketing. Oh yeah, yeah, doing the limited drop on purpose and like I mean they sold bricks. They have they've to been, be smart. They've been really good, though. Like, I think just graphically, it's a simple thing. But, you know, who brought it to, like, real, real, like, important shit? Tyler Creator. Tyler the Creator. Supreme Box logo. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All his all his opening videos, just like, what was it? Even, like, Yonkers, like, Supreme yeah. Box hat or um, the one Frank Ocean, the light blue box, box logo hoodie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see you, Tyler. Thank you. <laughs> yeah that's crazy it's pretty uh prescient for them to like put it on so i mean he's like a fashion icon now yeah so like to that's right. do that is was I mean, really but, smart mm-hmm. but hey like you know the thing is too like uh things already came full circle there was like a rumor that louis vuitton was gonna buy supreme next thing you know like two years later they have a collab like yeah what the <laughs> fuck man <coughs> now it's now it's all just like hype beast talk right now. <laughs> so are you are you a fashionista no. No? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I just like buying cool stuff, you know? Like, I don't care about exclusivity. Like, if it looks good. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> like, if it looks good, it looks good. Like, I don't, it, it doesn't matter how much I pay for it. And that's the roots of the hype beast community now, sure. right? Is mm-hmm. just people buying stuff that they thought that was good. The value came from the sneakerheads with hella dope style. Yeah. Sick mm-hmm. style. And now, those dudes... With that same mindset, are working in the industry. They're doing something else now, and they can control the game yeah. because they made it. Yeah, Damn yeah. Before you know, like you know, the according to Bobby Hundreds, the death of well, streetwear at the time was when Kanye stopped wearing graphic tees because nobody really wears like graphic t-shirts like that anymore. Like the yeah. hundreds, they, everybody, a lot of people capitalized on that on that um <coughs> that kind of branding. I saw that as your t-shirt being a platform of your opinion you know and <laughs> my old my old um instagram quote was uh i don't have my t- i don't have time to read my, your t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> so are you telling me that streetwear brands and all all of that hype market can change the world like for example riddle me this imagine if supreme collaborated with a mental health brand supreme uh prozac collab prozac. you know what i mean it'd be dark is prozac mental well health? No, i mean like like you know supreme makes things cool to do and a lot of people think mental health isn't cool yeah, like you know for supreme to go with prozac would be like the worst thing ever. Isn't supreme prozac pharmacists like or supreme psychologists no prozac is like uh it's like a, antidepressant yeah oh, okay yeah sorry i'm way off on that and it's been pretty people have done some really fucked up shit while on prozac oh i did i had no idea in retrospect that was pretty fucked up. More like therapy, <laughs> like Supreme X therapy. Supreme therapy. Yeah. yeah, they they definitely have the power to do so. 
but should they choose to do that with to 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 affiliate their brand with such a thing why would they you know maybe they're doing something underground maybe they're funding something that we don't see i don't know until i own the company until someone looks at the company like that but can supreme make the world a better place are they the last bastions of saving the world Hey man, they collab with Scarface and they had the, the world is yours. <laughs> that was a thing, man. That would be the the biggest change up is if you found out that Supreme was funding like the ultimate cancer research, like right? Yeah, Supreme Cancer Gone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean they probably are though. It's a good. I'm tax. sure they've done like breast cancer, like breast cancer support. They do, they do, they've done relief for like Japan. Like they've sold shirts for like yeah. oh, like X amount of proceeds go to that, and then. Those shirts end up being like eleven hundred dollars on the resale market. <laughs> eleven hundred dollars for a T-shirt. That's crazy. Come on. So does Supreme manufacture here? Do you know? I feel like you would know this. From my understanding, they use American Apparel blanks. Ooh. Does American Apparel manufacture here? American Apparel is owned by Gildan. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you know off top, bro? I'm so curious. <laughs> So I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, there was a there was a recent thing with like Supreme blanks were ending up at Kmart for four dollars. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so like when that caught wind, people were like buying stuff. They were buying that stock and then printing like Supreme type graphics on those. Yeah. And selling them for like a hundred bucks. Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. There was I'm not gonna like there were some cool designs, but they weren't official. But because they had the Supreme tag on them, they were official, official, you know? I would say, like, Supreme knockoffs have been my favorite. Like, when you go to, like... Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, like here there's, like, uh, Ocean City in okay. Ocean City, Maryland, yeah. and they have all the fucking tourist shops, and they have a lot of Supreme knockoffs, mm-hmm. and they're always the coolest ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cool. I feel like they're not manufactured to the best standards. Like, mm-hmm. rep, like, rep... Rep Supreme stuff, there's a huge market for that. Like fake stuff. And it's gone to the point where, you know, everybody's on Reddit. So there's like fashion reps and like, oh, let's make, let's see if we can get like this hoodie for retail or less. And then they like start pointing out like minor flaws that it's not the same, which is really fucked up because I think people do that. Like they want a one to one rep because they want to buy it for fake and then sell it for real. Yeah. That's really messed up. Like if you buy it for yourself, that's cool. But people have fucked up the game like that. Yeah. So a rep is like a like a replica. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see Supreme and like Sriracha killing it. Supreme Sriracha yeah. Club. Maybe Supreme and the Impossible Burger. The Impossible Supreme Beyond Burger. Impossible. <laughs> Beyond. Mm. I don't, oh, man, I don't know. Hey man, the, hey the 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 possibilities are endless. Supreme Geico collab? Dude, Supreme Duterte. <laughs> <laughs> Supreme X Duterte. That's a Supreme leader, dude. Oh, <laughs> you know, boy, that's, oh that's, that'd be the we, worst we collab. We're there. Yeah, we're no. there now. God damn. No, that's that's a worst collab. Dude, I think Sriracha did do a collab with someone. I don't think it was Supreme, though. I know that they went with Kid Robot for like a dunny that was Sriracha looking. What's that? Oh, yeah, Forever 21. That's They, do clubs. they do clubs with everybody. Yeah. I was talking about fashion. Primitive. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing some Sriracha shit. None of that shit counts, though, as any of the dope stuff, the cool stuff, the slick stuff. Oh, that stuff. The cool stuff. The kids that, the stuff that the cool kids want to buy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cool kids, like, um, quote unquote, like, uh, element skateboards and, uh, Etnies shoes, right? That's Mm -hmm. all cool. Yeah. 
How many of y'all remember this really cool thing, Silly Bands? You remember Silly Bands, bro? Yeah, I remember Silly Bands. Bring it way back. I don't. I was like the shaped, the animal shaped like wristbands. Yeah, they're like rubber bands that Gage uh, is showing his age right now, bro. No, no, no. It was it was around that time, Jay, when like middle school students would get packs of hair ties, but the hair ties yeah, were shaped like, they were shaped like objects animals. and collectible. Shapes. I think that was again more like younger. My like Gage is again showing his age. Yeah, yeah. I knew like my students definitely because you know when I was I've been back, I've been working with kids for a long time so. My students who were really ready at the time, like, oh, silly bands. That's cool. Yeah, I am like basically a baby. It's crazy. How long have you been working with kids? Ooh, I've been in the school system since 2010. 2010? Yeah. Me too. No, yeah. wait. <laughs> I was I don't still. Remember. I was in high school. I was still in. Okay. Literally yeah. in the school system. Yeah, I was oh. in the school system. Wow. Yeah, I thought I, I've been working with kids since uh, what was it like 2014? But that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just different different capacities. You know? Yeah, it's always it's always cool. It's like hey, like here's my way of thinking. Like hope you understand that in terms of like solving problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you like to give them the tools to solve problems, mm-hmm. right? You you said before uh, we got on the podcast, Jay was saying that he he works in the before school and after school programming, which I have always felt was probably even more effective than like the during the day mm-hmm. school programming mm-hmm. um is it is it rewarding for you so for every kid that like we have the kids who are problem kids you have the kids that are indifferent and then the kids who are like hey like thanks for telling me that like all that doesn't matter once i get a thank you you know it's like hey like thanks for showing me how to do this thanks for showing me like how to how to navigate this thing with my friends, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, like all the bad stuff goes away when they when you get that fuzzy, warm, fuzzy feeling when they say, "Hey, like I appreciate you," you know? Yo, Mister J, thank you for letting me know where I could buy these Jordan Four dead stocks. Uh, <laughs> hey man, I get there. You can you can um you know I can t- I can show you how to get a discount on them. <laughs> <laughs> So hey, no, no, no. It's more like, hey, thanks for, thanks for telling me those weren't real Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for legit checking for me. I got you, man. Are you, uh, do you, so like, like when you're working with kids, do you care more about uh, teaching them how to have like a healthy interpersonal relationship or more about like, like more tactile education shit, like math, you know? math or science or you like interpersonal like hey you shouldn't have done that it's to this more person. it's more interpersonal for me like i think teachers are, are in place to give you the skills yeah like you know the, the basic math science like addition subtraction whatever whatever i'm there i feel like i feel more involved when they need to navigate like more human situations yeah like interacting with your friends like you know i, ha- I have had some kids that, like they get bullied they get bullied for like how would I say, like, you got a kid where everybody who knows, he gets triggered super easily. So, like, every day somebody would wish him a happy birthday. You know, they're, 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 they're like, really, like, you know, it's, like, it's, it's like, hard. It's not an insult. Yeah. They're just being like, oh, happy birthday. They're like, it's not my birthday type shit, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, like, you know they're doing that because it's, they know you're going to get mad. So, if you ignore it, then they'll, they'll stop doing it. You know, people like, you know, bullies, 
their their goal is to have power over somebody else. If you don't give them that power, then you know. And I think at the same time too, like the teenage ego is very, very, very fragile. Yeah. And sometimes I kind of approach that, approach the kids with like a your ego means nothing. Like I, I haven't done ego death yet. I'd like to have. Oh, an ego with the death. kids? Yeah. yeah. It's like, but you're not talking about giving them mushrooms. Right? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's the full ego. No, death. no, no, not, not, not the, not the complete indifference. Just like, just understand, you know, understand where your feelings come from. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm big on that. It's like, you know, you're, you're. I want, I want you to have a very good experience in school. Like, if people are bullies, like, fuck them. Like, yeah. That's not. You need to do what you need to do. Pay attention to what you need to focus on. You yeah. Know? The hardest yeah. thing to uh, express, like, so when I was working with kids. Mm-hmm. And I still, I haven't been for about a year, but I'm trying to okay. go back to it. Um, the hardest thing was always to express to them that the difficulties you're facing now, you can surmount, but you need to do that because when you get older, there's just going to be more of it. There's going to be more True. bullies. True. There's going to be more need to legit check. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more of everything. And like, even though I was, like, I always taught specific skills like whether it was like woodworking or you know science shit whatever art painting for me it was the same thing like the importance was based on interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. and when you said (laughs) when you said like it's not my fucking birthday like i've heard that i've heard Uh, that so many times like yo my shoes are tied like that's a fucking thing and the kids need to know that and it's always tough to like get them to um to like reflect and i think that's almost more important than like like once you get them past that stuff like the reflection the yep. ego death mm-hmm. they can learn whatever they want yep. yeah yep. they gotta change change about changing your value system yeah actually it's like if you care about if you really care about what people think about you that's how you're gonna feel you're gonna be sad all the time especially if you're not like about it or you're gonna be happy now and then when you get older and no one cares about you you're oh. gonna be sad then and that's like oh. way worse that sucks like all the yeah like Fake, fake, uh, what's it called? Fake clout, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah fake clout. Yeah, it's like, everybody likes me, but do they really like me? I don't know, man. I, don't I know. had a girl, like, show, she, she's like, oh, my YouTube's got 3 million subscribers. I was I like, I was like, no way, no way. <laughs> and she pulled up just, like, a random YouTube channel that had 3 million subscribers. And I, it wasn't her? It wasn't her. Oh, and piece I, of shit. Dude, I felt so bad, but I had to be like, yo, that's not you. And everyone's going to know it's not you. Do you make money off of it, though? <sighs> she did not make any. She, I found, she, I made her show me her, her real YouTube and had seven subscribers. Oh, no. What a fraud, dude. I know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Well, what you say is, you know what? Listen, you're only 2,999,993 there. Yeah. And, you know, that's a small number compared to infinity. Yeah. I think one of the things that I really want to like instill in kids is if you don't, if it doesn't put food on your table or money in your pocket, it doesn't matter. That's a big one, man. Right. So it's like, if, it, if it's all feelings, like emotional stuff, like get that in check. Like, you know, the bread comes first. Get yeah. in your bag. That's it. I... <laughs> get your bag. Get your bag. Get the fuck out I'm, of here. Get your I'm, bag. I'm in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> they get their actual backpack yeah, and yeah, leave. Yeah. Hey, that's what I said. Like, you know, you know, um, growing up, commerce was always illegal. Like, student to student commerce was supposedly banned. You're not supposed to do that at school. Bullshit. Which sucks, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I 
I, I was told that as a younger kid, like, oh, hey, mom, let me buy all these candy bars at Costco. It's like $10 for 30 while some for a dollar each makes some money. Yeah. She said no. And then I realized, like, she didn't want me to do that because it made me look poor. Oh, uh, that's dark. And I said, that's, that's like, you know, we don't want to make it look like you're struggling. And yeah. I'm like, that's fucked up, you know? Nowadays, like, we have, I had some students, like, legit, like, they'd open up a zip-up binder, bam, snacks, sodas and shit. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. And like, yeah. We get ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> I respect the hell out of it. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bust you. You know. No. So do what you got to do. Yeah, I think, and I think that's an important lesson that like the school system makes a point not to let happen. Like I remember, yeah, all like the business, like that kind of business. They don't. They don't. They don't want it. You know, because it intercepts their thing. Definitely, we had this kid that we would call Duffel Bag Boy, hey. and he had the duffel bag filled with candy. And I remember him getting busted, and he wasn't allowed to sell candy anymore. And that was a dark day for me because I used to buy that shit yeah, all like the, the time. The, the student morale went down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember distinctly back in seventh grade, Jay was that guy, but not you know a, a notch higher in quality because he wasn't just slinging candy. This man, this boy at the time, was slinging Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Damn. <laughs> The man, At the, the man, time, bro, the guy. I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You were you were flipping Yu-Gi-Oh cards I was at school? Flipping Yu-Gi-Oh cards the for dude, profit. The yeah. dude had a system, but it was all at the same time. I look at it now, like the dude. I was selling to like maybe two or three kids, and they were both rich. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a very small customer market. They just wanted these cards. Like I'll, I'll sell it. Fuck it. That was a good business model, though, because you had it the. It helped. I mean, like. How many people buy McLarens? Like, not that many not people. That many. That's a fucking great business model. True. You're like the Elon Musk of the school, for real. Like, Bro, people that, could not access you That makes you it sound because... like I peaked in middle school, man. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to say that that was your uh, your emergence. Oh, you know? yeah. That was my, my foray into that, that world. Like, how do I make money without, you know, asking my parents for money? Yeah. yeah. People out here, deal. they call that finesse. Finesse. Hey, uh, you guys talk about them. Take a pause. I gotta use the bathroom. I got a very active bladder. Hustle. <laughs> All right. Clear. Damn. We're back, everybody. Back. For this might be the first pod where we've taken two bathroom breaks. Yeah. But this is because. I apologize. It's okay. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. That's what happens when you have a premium hot pod like this. That is true. Premium hot pod. Sometimes you just repeat stuff. AKA ED. ED. <laughs> it could be ED. I don't know. I think I'm okay though. <laughs> For the most part. So this is your first time out here in uh, Baltimore, right? Yeah. What do you think? East Coast. You you're taking a little tour. Yeah. You know, I went so we got we got Maryland. I got I hit up Baltimore. I'm gonna hit up DC tomorrow. I was in Philly these past two, three days. Something else, man. Yeah. It, it ain't, you know, they I don't have that California sunshine. When I go west, it's not towards the water. Uh, it's been cold. Like I don't, we don't get this kind of cold in California, man. When I was pulled up in Philly, the first two nights we went out, it was like twenty-five high, eighteen low. Like oh shit. <laughs> I mean, you drive under a bridge and you see icicles, like like the pointy kinds, the kinds that Sub Zero makes and shit. It's like, dude, if that breaks and hits a window, like who pays for it, man? I don't know. The driver. That's, oh, that's terrible yeah it's oh, dark man. right did you drive out here i i got a rental car i got a rental car from maryland oh okay then, yeah hell yeah how are so the drivers just... out here man any good Ooh. i mean they know what they're doing 
I haven't been. I don't get the same kind of road rage I get out in, in California. Damn. Like at least over here, they when when they're an asshole, they do it with intent. Yeah. You know, people out in the West Coast, they just suck. Has a traffic. They're very, they're very inconsiderate. Is the is the traffic as bad as I always hear it is? Um, in California. Yeah. San Diego's not that bad. L.A. is bad. L.A. L.A. is terrible. It takes an hour and a half to get from L.A. to L.A. I'll tell you that. That's some bullshit. No matter where you need to go, because everybody needs a freeway. Like it's Uber's trash. So you're still in traffic. You're not the one driving, but you're still in traffic. San Diego's getting there. We're getting more congested during. You know when when you notice that the traffic is starting early and early earlier, that just means more of these companies that let people work from home. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And that's you know, or they work earlier. You know, They're like bro, I'm go- I'm trying to go. I'm trying to get some groceries at eleven thirty, and there's like some light traffic. It ain't heavy, but it's still there. <laughs> Yeah, everywhere in San Diego, you need a freeway. It's not like Philly. I was never on the freeway. No, Baltimore. Uh, I don't think I need to take the freeway anywhere. No, and our yeah, like we almost have no traffic here. Mm. Like no, even with all the just two way roads, like there's very little traffic. Mm. Well, except for like the main commuting roads, if people are commuting for DC, DC is where it's a mess. I mean, that's I, yeah, just the, the, the freeways and over there. I feel it, like are a mess. Yeah, it's it's you know prime time traffic. Yeah. I'm all about that's, that highway seven, I seventy though. That's a I like that freeway, <laughs> dude. So when you're in the car and you're like trying to kill some time mm-hmm. in that terrible L.A. San Diego traffic, I know that those are two different places. Yeah, but you're yeah. in that traffic. What do you do, man? Well, one because I drive an older car, um, it's always a it's always an adventure with that car because you know you're not. You, I'm always worried someone's gonna break, so I'm kind of always <laughs> on edge. How old's your car? Uh, it's a '99. Mm. I drive a Jeep. It turns 21 this year in April. You gonna take it out for drinks? I might. Hell yeah! Without without driving. Yeah. Course, don't, don't drive it. Out. Yeah. No 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 drinking and driving. I don't support. I don't support that at all. But, so um, well, go ahead. we're you know we're the Art Pros podcast, and I think Gage and I both understand you are your own artist in your own right with your own creative spirit and vision. True. We're all three Filipino people here. I have a question for you that okay. I'd like to ask you to elaborate for our listeners. Yeah. As a creative person, um, a creative Filipino at that, mm. somebody, mm. for me, I think that the culture of Filipino people, they don't really think of art first in terms of their creativity. Generally, I don't even think Filipino people think they're creative. It's just what they do, you know, mm. to survive. You got to be sure, creative. Sure, you got to sure, think sure. outside it's of box. A survival tactic. Yeah. So, how do you feel about that? Um, I have my own opinions about it, but the power of creativity in Filipino culture—you've been surrounded by many Filipino people in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you think it's perceived there? So, Filipinos and creativity, in relationship with how it. Uh, relates to their thinking about being art or am I an artist? The relate that's a very that's a very interesting relationship to get into. You know, if you see if we see, I think what when it comes to like creativity, right? Um, one of my thing I, I've been told like when it comes to my job, you know, working with kids, and then like you're working to solve a problem or you're working towards a goal, right? And then you're only you're limited to what you have, what you're working with. I've always called creativity is the create the the um, coming up with solutions within parameters. 
right? So like, okay, this is what I'm working with. Okay, how do we get from A to B using just what we've got? You know, some people will kind of send the same things, but you got to be creative with it. You got you to gotta think outside the box. How does that work? But in terms of that being rooted into Filipino culture, I mean, we've made tools before. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we make tools to do the things we need we, to, to, to do jobs. You know, there, there are things that kind of only exist in Filipino households, like the Wallisting thing or the Wallistambo. It's not a standard broom that you could stand when NASA tells you you can stand it, but you don't, it's, it's a very Asian thing. What is that? What is what? Wallisting well, thing. Wallisting thing. Um, how would I say? Uh, I can't, I couldn't even tell you where those sticks came from, dude. It's a, it's a broom. Picture like the end of a broom. Like a, like a witch's broom, like that, but all the all the the bristles are very 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 long sticks. So it's like, man, I, I can't even think of what you can describe it as. They're kind of like reeds, right? Reeds, reeds. R R E D R E E D S, like long dried straight sticks. Yeah, long yeah. firm. Okay, yeah, reeds, sticks reeds. of grass. Yeah, that's our version. That's our version. That's the Filipino um it's a broom. It works for certain things. It's used outside, mostly outside, I would say. So it has a very distinct sound like shh, shh, shh. it's like, yeah. Um I use it, you know, we're cutting the lawn, uh taking cleaning the grass off the uh off the sidewalk because we don't use we don't believe in leaf blowers. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not trying to say this is exclusive to the Filipino way of living, mm-hmm. but do you believe that this creativity ends at survival for a Filipino person? Is it, hmm. is it like, all right, I, whether or not they think they're creative, that is it to them. And to me as an artist, I can see, to me, every Filipino might as well be an artist if they're using it as survival, you know, whether or not they believe it. Okay. So, from my understanding, well, I, I've recently come into this... Uh thought this is a school of thought but like okay survival if you're in survival mode you're just staying afloat right you're you're doing you're doing what you can it might be the bare minimum might be a little bit more but it's it's in order for you to live in order for you to see tomorrow to see next week to see the next month if you're thriving then you're doing things beyond surviving so if you use that creativity when whatever you do your, your line of work to survive then it's okay. You're getting you're getting shit done, but if you're thriving, that means you're like you ain't worried about surviving anymore. You're doing that. You're doing beyond what you need to survive. So thriving on its own is is creative. I would say sense. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it's 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 beyond survival. You know? Yeah. You're just you're just you're, you're you're flowing. You're on cloud nine. You're doing like you don't need to do it, but you do it. So, um, is anyone in your family an artist? By profession? Uh, just like even self-described. No. No, right? No. What about you, Renz? Yeah, I would say not necessarily self-described, but my dad draws very well. That's who I kind of looked up to. When I was a kid, um, my mom painted. That's why I started painting. Um, my Both of my grandparents actually were doing seamstress work, seamstress and tailor work. They didn't 
describe themselves as artists at all. They were doing it to make money. They yeah. were doing it because it was a skill. It wasn't a, you know, they didn't think about it as craft or art. It was, man, if I don't do this, uh, my family I, I won't eat. eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, as a result, um, two of their three children, my aunts, did stuff with their hands. One one is a dental hygienist. You know, you got to have some finesse with your hands. Yeah. My other aunt is a nurse that, you know, you got to have a particular skill set for that. That's also a common Filipino occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, but creativity, it permeates through our culture, I think. It's just, it is what it is. It's just what we do, mm-hmm. regardless of if it's conscious or not. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can create anything can be created like you know i've got the friends who code and then they just find crazy shit to do that's amazing within parameters of you know the language that the code is in of course but you can creating solutions within parameters yeah i would say um i agree with that sentiment of like my understanding of creativity being like finding a solution within a code of parameters which is why when i meet people who are like their sense of creativity is like literally making something that is like completely outside of any parameters, like like basically borderline insanity, mm-hmm. but then like cultivated into something that's beautiful. I'm always like mm-hmm. blown away because like I, I don't know if it's genetic, if it's like a, a Pinoy thing where it's yeah, like yeah. like I can come up with a solu- <laughs> like a beautiful solution to anything as long as I know the rules. But it's wow. like I see like art where people uh there's no breaking the rules in like a painting or something, no, but like, no. like where people like do something that breaks the mold. And I'm like, you know, that literally is completely pointless except for exactly what you did. Like mm-hmm. that bowling pin sculpture serves no, serves no purpose, but it looks fucking dope. Yeah. And like, I don't think I can do that, oh, Okay. you know? So it's like, uh, I wonder if that's like hardwired into uh Pinoy survival skills. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we don't have enough mental, uh, deviance from survival to do shit like that to do just stuff you enjoy yeah um, interesting yeah it's, it's really, tough. It's a, yeah very different lens on that yeah. i i only have one like artistic person in my family well my dad is like i drew my tattoos and he's like super proud of that yeah, yeah, yeah. and then on my on my mom's side i have like a like a great uncle who works in in film but uh like film in the philippines yeah. but other than that like everyone else in my family like fucking nurses bro they're all <laughs> they're all nurses they did what they did to come over here yeah actually. that's that's how i that's how i view those professions like hey you're in america now this is what you can do yeah so do something important do something you're good at and if they're good at that then by all means do it yeah you plus know? it's like like i feel like in, like being a nurse is like the dopest sort of thing you can yeah. do it's important it's yeah very, it's very 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 important yeah it's just taking care of sick people yep super fucking dope you know even even in the nursing world there's creativity <laughs> general macarthur said give me 10,000 filipinos and i can take over the world really because of the determination and grit it takes to do what you got to do wait that's facts like he said that really yeah for morale oh shit when was this is there, is there a year world war 2 yeah dude they wow. they fucking told filipinos that if they fought for like 
like for the U.S., they would give them fucking citizenship, which they didn't do. Oh, okay. So like two hundred thousand yeah. Filipinos. Yeah. So they were they were enlisted by the U.S. military and never got the benefit. Is that with that? I'm that... guessing contracted, like not like enlisted as part of the U.S. military, but were contracted yeah, by the U.S. military. And they never got the citizenship. Nah, that's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's like I said. I hear that JFAV. You were JFAV. No, justice, for justice. It was like justice for Filipino American veterans. No, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, so it's like there's like a, a march for it, like. You know, the veterans who served, but they never got what they were promised. Damn. That is probably exactly yeah. what they're marching for. I've never even yeah, lived somewhere with that's enough Filipino up. people where that would even be a thing. Huh. Like, I got this thing pulled up from Quora, a very reputable source of information. And somebody asked if MacArthur actually said that. Let me read you this okay, very yeah, poignant do it. response. Do it, do from. It. Um, <laughs> uh, it says, uh, from Tu Shua, former employee of what? I don't know. It doesn't say. Tu Shua says, yes, it's true. And no, I have to correct this because MacArthur said that during the late stages of war, saying that to boost morale, maybe. That statement doesn't even fit to be used as a way to boost troops' morale if you read and analyze it correctly. He said that because he saw what guerrilla Filipino and American troops were capable of after professional forces surrendered. Philippine troops proved their worth and that they could defy all odds during the Battle of Korea, capturing heavily fortified hills to even defend a strategic point with less than a thousand men holding up against tens of thousands of Chinese and North Korean troops. While allied troops ranging from the UN to U- US to UN forces retreated, Filipino troops held their ground and despite all odds came out on top with less than 20 dead and less than 20 wounded while dealing a massive blow to the communist troops. Some combat and survival tactics that United States troops use today actually came from Filipino guerrilla and Filipino natives alike. Guerrilla warfare is a thing, man. Like, I respect the Viet Cong. I yeah. respect the hell out of those dudes. Like they, they just wrecked anybody, anybody who came into the territory because they knew the jungles. Like just because the uh, the invasive forces had more firepower and thought they were tight, it just uh, we got fucked up because we knew they knew the geography. Dude, fucking rice farmers, right? Rice right? farmers murked the country that won World War Two. <laughs> That is true. Dang, you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, they we weren't ready. They weren't ready. <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> he was beat ready. Hitler. <laughs> the U.S. beat Hitler in Japan and got murked by rice farmers who had never held a gun. <laughs> Damn. Dude, guerrilla warfare is real. Damn. Knowing your country is real, um, which is why I think that the U.S. is scared of an armed and angry populace, as they should be. And uh, mm. maybe even a local armed and angry population. Maybe they should. Uh, maybe the U.S. government should take more of the common person's feelings into account when deciding to make laws on our behalf. But, dude, I think a lot about how the Philippines, despite having been colonized like three times, still at this point is like a sovereign nation. They're strong. Which means we're probably pretty good at guerrilla warfare. Otherwise, like we would just be like owned by somebody else yeah by somebody else there's there's resistance still and for those of you who are doubting what we're saying like uh you know scotland used to be its own country and so did ireland and so did wales (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the UK was not always a united kingdom yet. Now they're all part of the oh, same that's what group. That's they unite. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. That's news to me, man. Whatever. <laughs> that's, all, that's all news to me. I don't I'm not I don't really mess with European history like that. Oh yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah. Keep that out of my life. <laughs> all I mean, all that sounds like to me, the dude the ge- the general is just respect, you know? Just a little bit of respect. These these people will do what they got to do. And now we have that and Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> Manny Pacquiao alone. I'm shaking my head, but... Nah, I mean, there's controversy, is. but... Tis what it is, tis what it is. I mean, hey, Nike lo- Nike dropped Manny Pacquiao if they, when they found out what he was saying about people, so... That all ties back into the sneakerhead type thing. <laughs> yeah, but dude, if, if, if Nike was a person, I think that we'd all drop Nike. Like, hey, yo, Nike, we heard that, uh, that you have, like... like thousands of slaves that you profit off of every day in china that's like pretty fucked up bro i mean what would you want to do would you want them to charge 500 for their shoes or no no no. i'm just saying that like like you know nike if it was a person would not have the high ground over manny pacquiao in my opinion because mm-hmm. manny pacquiao see, see, you know is like some he like just, essentially came from the gutter like yeah kind of ignorant yeah. catholic dude like oh big surprise he doesn't like gay people like that's not really a surprise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh yeah, Chappelle talked about that yeah yeah <laughs> i can i can see you know but it's like you know for the for the sake of saving face for nike it's like okay we can't support this guy because it's how he feels no because if not. we support him then we look like we are supporting his ideals yeah you know the same well yeah, they're pretty. They're they're pretty liberal. Yeah, I, I, I respect it. Like not not a big deal to me, but it's there. No, their their brand is super liberal, but I would definitely uh, have have beef with Nike over their former manufacturing mm. like approach. Oh yeah, you know if I'm gonna have beef with Manny Pacquiao, I might as well have beef with both of them, right? True, true, true. But I got beef with neither of them. I believe in in capitalism. Yeah. like I, I fuck with all of it. It works. It works. <laughs> I fuck with the whole thing. But hey, they're also um, you know. In in that regard, shout out to New Balance for making stuff still made in USA. Yeah, over here on the, I don't know. I think it's like Massachusetts where stuff is made. And like, yeah, okay, like they have a really good system with their employees. They have like shuttles and stuff, and it's a good product. I, I, I've had I, you know having having a product owned that's made in USA. I I take some pride in that. You know, it's a very quality shoe. Me too, man. Like it's I I think that American manufacturing uh, is something that we should take pride in. Yes, definitely. Yes. You um, are you so Renz is from the Philippines, but yes. he's an American. Are you from the Philippines as well? No, I was born here. Me I'm too. Second, if my parents were born there, I'm technically first generation. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know Tagalog, bro. Yeah, I'm first. I'm first gen also. <laughs> I don't know. I can't speak it. I don't. I can listen to some stuff, but it's not there. I don't know. Like it wasn't. It wasn't ingrained in me. So I don't blame anybody. But do you like like so like I'm ride or die like American like real like really like I talk a lot on this podcast about being Filipino but okay. like I love America okay I take pride in being American do okay. you feel the same way or no I'm happy that I'm American but I can't think of anything else where I'm like I can't, I have no reason to doubt it yeah you know so like, okay if I'm just born here I'm like that oh, is what it is yeah like I'm not gonna rep another country just because it's cool like no 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 yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm a, the mic's in the way. The mic's not. The mic's not in the way, so they can't hear me. Yeah, I think a lot about it. Like, um, to to the average, like especially in Baltimore, where like, like so I'm working with like all black kids when I'm teaching, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And you know they ask me, "Are you Chinese?" 
Um, and they just I said, don't know. Yeah, they don't they just, know. They just exactly. Don't know. I'm like, yo, I'm American. Oh. And that led me to think a lot about like how I self identify. That's why I asked. Is like, like you know, because I don't look uh, like what TV would present as American, mm-hmm. but I feel very American, like in my heart. It's just nationality versus ethnicity. Yeah. Right. But it's that's a really tough question these days, I think. Oh, um okay. for people like us, especially where there's not in media like a huge uh body of people that are in American media that look like like Filipino. You know, because like true, we're not true. even like even the ones on TV are like not the greatest representation of like a native Filipino. No, they look they they're mestizo like me. The yeah, fucking like yeah, like yeah. the dude from uh from Glee. The guy who died. Harry Shum Jr. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking like half yeah, yeah, half yeah. Filipino, half white, and he looks like a like an Italian dude, you know? Wait, am I talking about the right that's him? He's half Filipino? <laughs> no, I'm oh, talking about the, the like the main character, Finn or whatever. Oh, he's half Filipino? Yeah. Oh, snap. I yeah, he's no half idea. exactly. What the heck? That's what I'm saying though. So it's like it's hard to identify yeah. uh at, like looking Filipino with like yeah. being American, I, you know? Yeah, Ameri- I think American is like that's just nationality. Where's your passport? Yeah, um, where's your passport from? <laughs> I'm American. When it comes to ethnic ethnic backgrounds, you know, honestly, I I, I, took, like, I read about this like a long. It was discussed in class like a long time ago. It's like how do you prove that you are such and such? Yeah, it's like okay, hey, like I want to apply to be in a like you know like I, I, let me claim my forms like my essay. He said I'm black. Yeah. Okay, hey, you're not black. How am I not black? My skin is not dark enough. How dark does my skin have to be to be black? <laughs> you know, it's not. There's no. There's no objective parameter to define you as a certain ethnicity. Yeah, which is the crazy part. You start doing twenty three and me for okay, every college no. essay. Talk, I heard you guys talked about that. Like, the, like the some, like them having a bank of your DNA. Like, nah, yeah, that's just dark. That's, that's just too much. That's that's way too much. Super dark. Yeah, like there's no there's no objective parameter to saying like you're like that, that's separating ethnicities. Yeah, that's until they can figure that out or they 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 said like um a benchmark or like a what's that fucking called like when they grade your papers on like one two three four five the criteria like a criteria. Oh yeah yeah. Until that happens, I I think people are will be able to identify as whatever they want to identify as. Yeah. Sad, but I fuck with it though. Yeah. Well, I do know one thing is that we can identify the Art Pros podcast as the number one smoothest podcast by Filipinos for by artists. You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, "Fuck it, we're the number one smoothest podcast by Americans." It's like it's like sleeping on lotion. That's how smooth we are. <laughs> It's like it's like the uh the Reese's peanut butter, just the peanut butter. That's how smooth we are. Damn guys, we've we potted for an hour and a half. Oh my, that's the hey man, light work. We might be the light work. Light work, man. <laughs> we must be the darkest skin Joe Rogan <coughs> podcast. I mean, this is light work to us. We could probably keep going until one AM. That's, that's, about, <laughs> that's about another five hours. Yeah, we're going to do a five-hour stream after this. We'll be playing Super Smash Bros. Just really, like, really, really vibing, you know. Nah, I wish. I don't have a Switch. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You put a bunch of Filipino dudes in a, 
same room together with a few cans of beer and they could just keep talking they don't stop just you know and then and then and then you put in the karaoke oh boy here we go Kuba, you're gonna be here till somebody, 4 somebody, somebody brought their own microphone oh, we we have microphones we got Some, two microphones who has the gold microphone though bro Never gonna give you up. Right. Never gonna um, let you down. Never gonna oh, run no. around and hurt right. you. All right, Chet. All right, are we signing out? Yeah, I think we're signing. I think out. that was it. Yeah. Hey, man, it was a pleasure. Yeah. I, I love this. This is sick. I love talking that shit. Um, I hope that uh, you guys do this. You get more guests. Some uh, out of towners. Yeah, I'm happy that was the first for a lot of things. Dude, our first Filipino guest. I didn't think about that. Ha-ha. I, yeah, I added to that 0.03% of the population of Baltimore. Temporarily. Shit, dude. Like, now it's 0.035. It's crazy. Humongous <laughs> statistic really just shot up if today. It was a, if it was a blood alcohol level, I could still drive. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So... Dark. Dark. Or 0.35. So, um, all right. Is, is there any... Last closing sign-off comments that you want to share with us. I mean, this is a podcast for everybody interested in art, trying to get access to that conversation and just being a little bit too, you know, turned yeah. off by the, the gatekeeping about yeah. it. What, what do you say to that? I think that our, in this episode today, we've defined what it's like to feel some type of way about what art actually is, despite being a creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, for those of you listening on the East Coast, um, here's a little bit like it's just some here's here's it was just a some West Coast suburbia Filipino insight. You know, if you have any questions, you can hit the at. They'll tag me in the comments. But yeah, like it's a you know just considering the fact that the Asian population isn't all that popping or it's not that big out here. You know, have a here's a here's a refreshing take on you know some ideas that we have out so that's um yeah that's all i got that's it got anything you want to plug anything you're you're up to or you just want to put people on to something oh uh, yeah so if we um for those um let's plug it let's plug it so we got uh you got my ag on my Insta- ig john cell j-y-a-n-s-e-l i wish i knew the nato alphabet so i could say that because a lot <laughs> of people get the s's and the f's confused but uh yeah julie uh Juliet, I'm not. Even <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, but they'll, they'll they'll tag me in the thing. Um, shout out to homie Krishan from the Bay. Shout out to homie Herbie in the San Diego. Shout out to homie Jeremy. We starting up Jozo Coffee within the next year. Yeah, we're making coffee. Hell yeah, that's gonna be a thing. I haven't told you about that. We Damn, gotta, you should have got. got what the fuck? You should have gone into that. <laughs> coffee in the works. Coffee in the works for those. Uh. Those of you who are still listening, yeah, Jozo Coffee, we're trying to infiltrate the hospital scene. <laughs> oh, dope. That's a, that's, a, that's a great market. J-O-Z-O Coffee. J-O-Z-O Coffee? That's it. What's right. that stand for? Jozo. Jozo in Japanese means to brew. Hell yeah. What's up? What's up? What it do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You heard it here first. John Cell, Jozo Coffee. It's the Art Pros with Gage hey. B. Ren's B. Janzel Steez Bull of Wheeze. And you know where you can find us. We love you guys. Peace. Well, actually, all of our last names start with B. Oh, really? Peace. <laughs>